This is the Ransomed Heart Podcast. I'm Alan Arnold, and today in the studio, we've got John Dell, who's on the team. We've got his wife, Amy Dell, and we've got Blaine Eldridge. And the reason we're together is we wanted to have a conversation on what it's like to pursue the things that make you come alive with God, what that looks like. And it may be something in your day job, or it may be something you do outside of that. It may be something, an interest or a hobby or even just a dream that you've had that you haven't really pursued yet. But the basic premise we're going to go into this conversation with is everybody is creative. Everybody has the capacity to follow their dream, their imagination with God. And if this feels like foreign territory to you listeners at the beginning, I just say stick with this because I think you're going to be surprised at the various ways it looks. And that's why we have a roundtable today of four different people who pursue their their gifting and their talents in really unique ways. So to start, I'll just go to my left, and John, why don't you begin? Just kind of say who you are, what you do, and then we'll introduce everybody and we'll continue the conversation. Great. Thanks, Ellen. So yeah, I'm John Dale. I'm part of the team here at Ransomed Heart, and I am involved in um, marketing. I'm involved with our web projects and our apps, uh, and I also work with some of our key allies around the world. Awesome. I'm Amy Dale. I am married to John Dale, and I we have four kids, and I homeschool, and I spend a lot of time editing our vlog on YouTube. I'm Blaine. I work here at Ransom Tart. I do a lot of design. I also do writing for Ensign's Magazine and handle the visual presence of that project. And I'm Alan. In addition to work on the podcast, I get to do a lot with our content, so creating video, audio resources, um, actually being a part of the resource area at events where I've met a lot of the listeners. What I'd like to do now is just throw open the question of, John, let me start with you. What makes you come alive when it comes to just your creative gifting? What, How do you pursue that in addition to what you do at Ransomed Heart? For me, when I think about creativity, I think about art. And one of the most helpful definitions I've heard of art is from Seth Godin in his book, Lynchpin. And and I'll just read a little passage from that because I think it's really helpful. He says, art isn't only a painting. Art is anything that's creative, passionate, and personal. And great art resonates with the viewer, not only with the creator. What makes someone an artist? I don't think it has anything to do with a paintbrush. There are painters who follow the numbers or paint billboards or work in a small village in China painting reproductions. These folks, while swell people, aren't artists. On the other hand, Charlie Chaplin was an artist beyond a doubt. So is Jonathan Ive, who designed the iPod. You can be an artist who works with oil paints and marble, sure, but there are artists who work with numbers, business models, and customer conversations. Art is about intent and communication, not substances. He goes on to say, an artist is someone who uses bravery, insight, creativity, and boldness to challenge the status quo, and an artist takes it personally. Art is a personal gift that changes the recipient. The medium doesn't matter. The intent does. Art is a personal act of courage, something one human does that creates change in another. Yeah. And that that last part about creating change, that to me, is, is sort of the core of creativity. And so I think one of the main ways I bring creativity into situations is just through personal relationships. 
Like I love conversations with people where I dig into their lives and ask them questions and find out what their dreams are and try and encourage them toward those things. So I don't know that people would typically think of that as being creative, but I, I think that's one of the, the core ways that, that I'm creative. Yeah, well, and I love how that ties into what you said about Seth and in his quote of the medium doesn't matter. Like that feels really freeing because mm-hmm. if all of a sudden it doesn't have to be a canvas or a laptop or uh, a dance, you know, community that you're you're experiencing your creativity in, that really opens it up. Yeah. And I love those other things. Yeah. But nobody wants to watch me dance. <laughs> Amy, what about you? I just really enjoy creativity in a lot of forms. And over the years, it has taken a lot of different forms in my life. And I tend to do whatever is most exciting to me right at that moment. Um, With four kids, I don't have a ton of time necessarily to just sit around thinking about creativity. But I have written a novel. It's called Off With Her Heart. And it's (laughs) super good. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, And I've written some songs. I was in a band for a while. I currently am learning hip hop. I love going to Comic-Con and trying to come up with costumes for that. We do a family vlog on YouTube called The Dale Tribe. And that's also, I feel like, a creative endeavor, even though, you know, it's just sort of filming our lives. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and when you're doing those different things, I guess I would ask, is there like a common theme that draws you into those new areas that are, because they sound so diverse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love, I love art. I love to consume art. And so to be able to participate in any way is really life-giving for me. So if I can be a part of it, I will find a way. But I also am a little bit of a perfectionist, so I don't like to just go in and dabble. I really like to go in and like full force, try to master it. And I think that's part of what I love and appreciate about art and artists is that, you know, to, to see really great artists, you know that there's been time and effort and tears and, you know, sweat and all of that that's gone into it before you see the finished product. Right now, the current thing I'm really working on is hip hop. I mean, I left two nights ago from dance class crying and because it is so challenging and it's so, there's so much resistance and so many of those, like, why are you even trying to do this? Like, you're 40 and you're a mama for like, what are you even doing? You know? And so like so much pushing past and all of that. And so I think that's the common theme is just like, I love that persistence and that like pushing in and finding what's really there and being able to draw out something really beautiful out of it. It's almost like as you step into each of these areas, you're experimenting with some new things, but you're also learning new facets of creativity. And what you learned for this doesn't necessarily come into play for that. And then the next thing. And so to me, that's a way not only to stay fresh, but like to know God in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that it also like really continues to grow me as a person, you know, which I really like because I think as people, we tend to get comfortable and stay there. And so, you know, in every area of life, it's like, oh, I know how to do my job really well. I know how to take care of the kids really well. I know how to do all these things really well. And so I'm just going to keep doing these, which is why, you know, I'm the one adult in my class, you know, because everybody else is staying comfortable, which is totally fine. I get that. 
I understand why I left class crying two <laughs> weeks ago. But I think that that is part of it. Those are just such disruptive definitions that even right now, as I'm thinking about my craft, I really like the kind of tension they're bringing. Because simply what Amy, you were saying about risk. And uh, there's this core element of any creative act, which is you actually are risking something. There is uh, real vulnerability. There is um, real sacrifice, like real experiences of failure. And that's like such a great way to know if you're in a creative space. It's super interesting for me because as, you know, someone who works in design, a lot of my time I operate in the distinction between like artists and craftspeople. And I fear that actually most of the time I kind of apply marginal creative effort to what is actually a a series of craft principles, which is like, oh, we need some images pulled together. We need a cover design. Like um, I can actually complete those projects and stay in the boundaries of craftsmanship, which is fine, but without pushing into the areas of creativity because I'm not actually risking anything. Um, and it doesn't have what John was just suggesting of uh, from Seth, of it doesn't have passion and it's not personal, even though it is the thing that most people would associate with creativity. I'm, you know, I'm on the computer, I'm creating digital art, and yet it's so safe. I would agree that that doesn't get into the areas that the creative act does uh, because it's not producing the life uh, that I experience when I'm actually, you know, risking doing something I love. So let's say somebody gave you four days off to just go do whatever you wanted. You weren't having any other responsibilities other than pursuing the creativity that makes you come alive. What, what would you spend that time doing? That would be amazing. Like four days, like, You know, my wife and I, we just had our first, we have a three-month-old right now. So, like, if I get 40 minutes in the morning to write, like, it's like a treasure trove of time. I write, you know, creative nonfiction most of the time. And, you know, I kind of do the blog essay thing um, for Anson's. But my passion is definitely fiction. I love to write stories. I love to interact with characters who feel like real people. And... There's something about trying to make a story happen and trying to let it almost unfold itself as you watch that just nails those categories for me of uh, risk, of passion, of like personality. So Alan, how about you? What what makes you come alive? Well, for me, and and I do love also how Amy defined the risk involved. And prior to my time at Ransomed Heart, I was a fiction publisher, so got to help Uh, over the course of a decade, maybe 500 storytellers create their novels and their stories. And it was awesome. But there wasn't as much risk for me. I was behind the scenes making it happen for them. But they were the ones who were risking everything with the stories, creating something from nothing. And so uh, in the last three, four years, I've really pursued a story on my own. And boy, it's far different from being the guy at the desk who says, yes, let's publish, and the person picking up a pen and trying to write. And so that's been really a journey for the last several years. It's been invigorating. It's been humbling. And it's been awesome. And the the end product, some of you podcast listeners may have heard from a year or so back, uh, Craig and I did a few on creativity, and I was in the middle of trying to, to give birth to this at the time. 
But it ended up being a book called The Story of With, which is an allegory on how we pursue life and our creativity with God, but told through a story. And I'm going to interrupt because the story of With is a phenomenal book. We've read it and been impacted by it. Some of our close friends in our home church community have read it and been um, just remarkably impacted by it. And so I would, I'm going to plug it because um, if you're interested in creativity and specifically how that, how, how a relationship with God plays into that, um, Alan's book is, is one of the, the best things you can do. Read. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been a journey. And even in the creation of that, I had to step into what is it like to go at God's pace in our creativity? What does it look like not just to say in our own strength and in our own abilities to go, okay, I can, yeah, I'll do this, but to risk and say, this is deep water, this is unknown territory, and we're going to go into that passion with God. Part of that for me, and I don't know about you guys, but it feels like there's more than just doing what makes us come alive. It's it's the deeper waters are, why did God invite us to do that in the first place? Why do we have that specific passion? And why would God give that to us? And as a listener, the things that make you come alive, even if you haven't pursued them, you may have never acted on those passions or desires or or the thing that you would spend an hour or four days with if you had the time. But if you did, uh, a big question to go into is not just uh, can you do it, but but why would God have given you those desires? And I think it's for intimacy. Like I really believe the creator invites his sons and daughters to co-create with him. And again, that 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 could be relational creativity. It could be creativity in how you do your finances, how you raise your kids, how you pursue life. But if we're not doing it with him, it feels like we're kind of doing it like an orphan. I mean, we're kind of taking our creativity as a hobby, but we're not pursuing that actively with God. So I'd love to hear from each of you with what makes you come alive. How is God involved in that process? How is it different than just you setting out and doing some new thing? God has really used my endeavors in creativity to help me understand my identity in him because there's this certain amount of resistance that I talked about sort of that comes when you try to do something creative and you have to like learn to push past it. You have to learn to, you know, shut down those thoughts in your head. And it's really like sort of was a very practical lesson for me to learn about what the enemy has to say about me versus what God has to say about me and shutting down, you know, like taking every thought captive and just really being able to create with him. You know, it's interesting, as I've said before, like that happens for me in the space of writing fiction, in the space of choosing to write, you know, short stories and do that uh, before the rest of the work um, that can be creative that I'm that it looks like I'm like I maybe should be doing, but there actually is this. There is a call into this. Uh, really, it feels like a volatile place because there's no guarantee that anything will come out of it. Besides giving time to something that I know is key to the life of my heart, 
And that always goes hand in hand for me with like intimacy with God. Like, and I know that when I've done it, when I've gone ahead and said, you know what, I have an hour and I'm going to write something that probably no one will ever see. And in the vision of the world doesn't matter, but I'm just going to, you know, spend some time on it. Uh, And when I do and work there and choose to do something that I know Jesus has given as a sight of knowing him, of seeing like he sees, uh, of engaging with his vision. I come out of it kind of being like, yeah, man. There's a new podcast that you're stepping into. And what's that like? Because that's a whole nother type of creativity. Totally. And that's actually been really fun. Yeah, that's part of the Ansons project. Uh, It's the Ansons podcast. And the fascinating thing is where like the rolling up your sleeves down in the dirt creative work has happened is we're trying to build this podcast that is orienting people to what could loosely be described as like the millennial world, but it's just kind of like the world we live in. Like we know that advances in technology and changes in politics and all these other forces have transformed the world that we live in. But we actually are aware that very few people are able to kind of explain those changes in terms of their effect on the life of like a person. And so where Sam and I have been going back and forth, kind of like digging in, pulling apart, is trying to create what is almost like a a guidebook or a curriculum uh, to the modern world. And it has just required so much uh, creative problem-solving thinking and like, okay, we're going to talk about politics, but then we're going to talk about our relationship with our wives, and then we're going to talk about the post-college years, but how are we going to unify all of these things through the common lenses of redemptive interaction with a novel, with a really unique world? That project has been, you know, one of the most demanding things we've taken on since I've come to Ransom Tart, but Just one of the most rewarding things Sam and I have worked on yet together. Yeah, listeners, just go to Anson's Magazine slash podcast and sign up and you'll get your first podcast announcement uh, around mid-February. Now, John, I want to ask you a few questions because I know what you do around here at the Outpost and it is really creative. And yet you do something almost every night you're working on something and every day, which is the Dell Tribe YouTube channel. What was your and Amy's vision for that? And when you think about it now, like what is your desire and goal with that? Yeah, so let me let me throw that to Amy to tell the the origin story of it. We started vlogging, I think it was three and a half, four years ago, somewhere in that range. And for people who don't even know what vlogging is, <laughs> yeah, it's not a foreign language or anything. What <laughs> what it tell, tell them what that looks like. So vlogging is basically a video log of your life. So I was like, I would love to be able to just have a log of my family and to be able to just have that on record, you know, for us to look back on forever. And also, I loved the idea of, I felt like being deliberate, it, it would it would make us be more deliberate as a family. At this point, we post four times a week, um, which means we are putting in two to four hours of, of post-production Um four times a week to, to create those episodes. And what we love about it is the relationship that we now have with our viewers. There are people all over the world who write to us, who send us letters, who contact us through any way they can find to, to reach out to us. 
uh, and they share their stories with us. And I think it's because we live our real authentic lives um, in a way that we share a portion of that. I think it's wild and fun to see how God will give us a desire, a talent. We pursue that with him, not in a religious way, but in, in a relational way. And then it really does change the atmosphere around us. So if it's a conversation with a friend, if it's trying something new, uh, whatever it may be, when you step into that, it's not just the thing that's being created. I think it's what's going on at the level of an atmosphere and a heart and a relationship. Yeah, Alan, that's that's our prayer. Um, you know, every day, Amy and I pray that the people that encounter us online that they would they would be encountering the kingdom of God, not because anything special about us, but because of Christ in us. And I, I think the the other piece of what you're saying that I think is really important is there is something about the step of hitting publish and whatever that looks like in your medium, right. where you actually choose to share it with others. Um, absolutely, God is involved in the secret places that you know the secret parts of creation, but there is something that I think is intrinsic to the way God creates that he risks putting it out there, frankly, for the criticism of the world. And, you know, I watched, I've watched Amy publish a book and then write songs and, and publish those. And, you know, I watched Blaine and Sam, you know, publish Anne Sons and watched you, you know, submit that manuscript to, uh, you know, and all of a sudden your book's there on Amazon and people can leave comments. And that is an act of bravery. Uh, that by doing that, by taking the risk that people may not like your art, you also are putting your art out there where it can change the world and change the people that interact with it. And, and I think that's such an important part. And that would be my encouragement to, to folks that are listening is that God may be inviting you into a journey with him where he wants to take you to some places that you may not uh, be expecting into some things that, that you've not necessarily asked for um, so that you and he together can change whatever piece of the world he has for you to have an impact on. And that, and that takes bravery and that takes risk. And that is where it is most important that we get our identity from God. So before we wrap up, um, two things. One, I'd like, Amy, I'll start with you, and I'd like just each of you to give a sentence, two, three, to those listening who are wondering maybe, well, I, I don't know if I have this kind of creative gift, or I don't know if I have the kind of passion or talent you guys were talking about. What would you say to them? A lot of people will put aside creativity because it's not practical. Because like, this is what I'm doing in my life. And it doesn't make sense to try to do this crazy thing that's creative and whatever else. And I, I in my experience, God doesn't always work practically. And he calls you into things that seem a little bit crazy sometimes. And I would just encourage you to trust in that and know that God's put desires in your heart 
and that you can trust him and follow him in it. And I think the biggest thing that comes against any sort of creative endeavor tends to be, I'm not good enough, at least for me. And, you know, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not experienced enough, whatever, all of those things. And so it's one of the great things about creativity too, when you're walking with God, because it's a constant reason to go back to him and to say, okay, tell me again that I'm supposed to do this. Tell me again who I am in you. And I know that if you guys have something that you want to pursue, that you feel like God's calling you into, that's a creative endeavor, that you feel like is not practical, that you feel like is not, you know, it's not something you can do, that you're not good enough to do it. Like, I would say just like push into that, you know, like push into that resistance and like ask God what the truth is about that situation and have the courage to step out. Like nothing, nothing really exciting and amazing happens in your comfort zone. Man, Amy, that's so good. I think the theme that I would lean on here at the end is one that's been really helpful for me in my creative life is there's this core element um, of you really aren't given the pieces, uh, not all of them, in any creative act, but often you have just enough information uh, to make doing something creative uh, seem barely possible, but highly unlikely. Um, and the and you and you have this scenario set up where you're actually going to reveal uh, whether or not you trust uh, the Father to come through for you if it goes really, really poorly. And He's never going to give you enough pieces that that's not the case. Where there's not this basic risk of um, I trust you to be who you say you are. And so with, you know, the limited things available, I'm going to move forward. I think uh, that together with, you know, I think if a person was still being really resistant to like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not just like creative. Um, I was told one time that uh, you can even look at it as something was supposed to happen to the world as a consequence of you being in it. You, yes. you produce an effect on uh, the places mm-hmm. where you live and, and within the roles that you occupy. And the thing that is supposed to happen as a consequence of your presence in a place, that is your creative act. Yes. Um, and so each person, uh, even the person who, you know, considers themselves to be the most analytical, died-to-the-wool, unimaginative person, they have a creative life, which is a core component of their life. And I, simply to echo what Amy said, of it's just so worth stepping into. Blaine, I, I love that. Um, I think, Alan, where I would go is a couple of places. One is, like Blaine said, and, and I'll quote Seth again, it's like, this might not work. Like, there's something about being willing to do mm-hmm. something where the outcome um, is not predetermined that is such an echo of God with his creation. Yeah. And I, I think, like Amy said, desire is where it starts. And so if someone's listening to this and they're like, man, I just, I, I, I don't feel like there's creativity in my life. I'd go to desire. I mean, John's book, Journey of Desire, would be a great place to start, to go back and to do excavation in the heart and ask God, 
God, what are the desires that you put there? Because that you know, at our core, like the, the heart is good, and it's yes. it's the from it, you know, springs the wellspring of life, and and that's where creativity comes from is from desire. And I would just add, you've got a father who first introduces himself in Scripture, Genesis, very beginning one as creator. Like that's the first way God chose to be known. He could, and he could have chose to be known in any way. And so the fact that he tells us first, call me creator, call me father, um, you've got the DNA of that within you as a son or daughter. So you have to be creative. And it may be an untapped, uh, unexplored area of your life, or you may have lived with an agreement that I'm just not creative, or I just don't have much imagination. I would break that agreement. And Ransomed Heart has, has shared many times how we break agreements that are not true and that are of the enemy that really can change the trajectory of our lives once we break those. So I encourage you just to break that agreement. No, I break the agreement that I'm not creative. And God, you created me and I have your DNA in me. You're my father. So ask God to then usher you into the things that, that bring you life. Like we've said, there's risk, there's unknowns, but what an adventure that will be in whatever you do. You don't have to change jobs or, or careers. It's simply walking more into what God invites you into. So explore that. And uh, I think you're going to be on a pretty cool journey for 2017 when you do. I think there'll be a lot of just unknown territory that you walk into and explore with God in some new ways. You've been listening to the Ransom Heart Podcast with Blaine Eldridge, Amy Dell, John Dell, and Alan Arnold. And hope this has encouraged some new ways of looking at your talent and passion and desire. We will be back next week with a new Ransom Heart Podcast. Hope to see you then.